Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Listen, the title of the message today is Meeting God. Meeting God. It is not let no one deceive you. We have moved on from that. Got used to saying that as our title every week, but uh, we moved on. God's just kind of taking me in a different direction here where I don't know if we'll do series. I'm just kind of going week to week. Whatever he's telling me he wants to talk about, that's what I'm talking about. So I don't know if this is a series or if this is a one-hit wonder. Either way, I want to meet with God. So here at the Roads, we get excited when we open up our Bibles because we believe God meets with us through his word. So we get a little pumped about it. So if you got your Bibles today, let's open them up to Exodus chapter 19. Woo! Exodus 19. Great job, Mount Carmel. You guys are awesome at the woo. Sermon notes are available in your worship guide and on the YouVersion Bible app if you want to get that out and you can use that. Please bring your Bibles to church. Don't take what I say for granted. You want to make sure and verify it in the Bible. Know where it's at in your own Bible. Exodus chapter 19. I want to jump right into this. Meeting God. Meeting God. Oh, Jesus. Come on. We want to meet you today. Look at verse 3. A little backstory. This is the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. They've been wandering in the wilderness and they come to Mount Sinai. This is where the Lord gives the Ten Commandments. You'll see that in Exodus chapter 20. So in verse 3, and Moses went up to God. This is up on the mountain, out up on Mount Sinai. And the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed do two things, obey my voice and keep my covenant. Obey my voice and keep my covenant. Remember, this is under the Old Covenant, under the Old Testament, and it was the key for them to have an active relationship with God. They had to obey his voice and keep his covenant or his commandments. Now, we'll find in the Hebrews that the Bible talks about getting away with the old, doing away with the Old Covenant and making a better covenant because this covenant was between God and man. And how many knows that we don't hold up our end of the bargain very well? So God said, you know what, I'm going to make a better covenant. And God made a covenant between he and Jesus. So that covenant cannot be broken. So how do we get in on that covenant? We have to go through Jesus. So he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Jesus is our covenant keeper. So then you shall be, notice what God says about it, you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Check this out in verse 6. And you shall be to me. This is God's intention for the people. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests. A kingdom of priests. That's plural. God's desire from the beginning was to have a kingdom of priests, not just one. God's intent was never to speak to one man or one woman and they relay the message. God's heart from the beginning was that I want to look at you all as priests. I want to look at you all as a special treasure to me. I want to have a relationship. I want to have a personal interaction with all of you, a whole kingdom of you. 
You're all priests. That was his plan. That was his motive. He says, a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So God, Moses, having this interaction, and God tells Moses, now you go on, you tell the people this is what I want to do. So Moses came, called for the elders of the people, and laid before them all these words which the Lord had commanded him. So he goes and relays the message to the people. Says, hey, everybody, this is what God says. Tells them about the special treasure in the kingdom of priests. So he tells them about all of that. And then verse 8, then all the people answered together and said, this is their response to Moses, all that the Lord has spoken we will do. So Moses brings back the words of the people to the Lord. All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. It sounds good, doesn't it? So Moses comes back to God and he says, All right, Lord, here's what the people said about your whole special treasure and kingdom of priests deal. They said, whatever you say, they're going to do. Now you and I know that's not true. I don't believe a word coming out of their mouth, but that's what they said. And doesn't it sound good? That they said, whatever the Lord spoken, we will do. We will do. Remember that phrase, we will do. Here's what jumped out at me. God desired a kingdom of priests to hang out together, to speak to them. They were satisfied to hear what he said and to do. To do. Is it important for us to do what God says? Absolutely, absolutely. But I want to relay to you that that's only part of the coin. It's only one side. Be careful that we get satisfied in the doing and don't press into the being. I'm just, that's a teaser. I'm just laying it out there. So, so Moses brought back the words to people of the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, so here's what the Lord's response was. He said, all right, good. Behold, I come to you in the thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak. Remember, all the people, he wants everybody to hear when he speaks. With you and believe you forever. So Moses told the words of the people to the Lord. So he's going back and forth, telling, going to be the relay man, Moses between God and the people. So he says, I'm going to show up in a thick cloud. Jump down to verse 16. Then it came to pass on the third day. Somebody say the third day. What is it about the third day? Jesus rose from the grave on the third day. But on the third day in the morning, in the morning, for those of you who like to sleep in, you just missed God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. In the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain. And the sound of the trumpet was very loud, so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God. That's where we got our title for the message, Meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because of the Lord descended upon it in fire. This is how he came down, in fire. It smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him by voice. Then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai. God came down on the mountain, on the top of the mountain. And the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. 
lot of stuff here. Let me ask you this question. We'll start out with this. Have you ever been nervous about meeting someone? Like maybe meeting someone important? Maybe somebody famous? Somebody that's kind of a big deal? Or maybe, maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's a job interview and you're nervous about meeting them. You're anticipating. I remember this one person uh, in particular, and I won't say their name because I don't want people to get tied up in that. But this person, I was like, I, I, I saw this person and I've, you know, I, I've read their books and, and I, I was just kind of in awe when I saw them and I'm like, there, there they are, there they are. I felt, I felt like, a, like a teenage girl with a Backstreet Boys or something. It was like, it's like, <laughs> so I saw, I don't know where that came from. Just hit delete and we'll move on. So I saw this person and, and a friend of mine was real good friends with them. And so as I, I was standing there, my friend said, hey, come here, I want you to meet somebody. And I'm like, oh, it's not them, is it? <laughs> so he said, here, we walked right towards him and said, hey, I want you to meet Chad. Chad, I want you to meet you this person. I was like, hey, <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I felt like a little kid going to meet him. I was nervous about that. I was just kind of like anticipating. But can you imagine, you know, maybe get called to a meeting, like maybe get called to the principal's office or something like that, you can be a little nervous. Can you imagine getting called to a meeting with God? You imagine how they felt, you know, when they got called to a meeting with God? I mean, how would you feel? Because God told Moses, he said, all right, listen, I want, I want to set up a meeting between me and the people. I'm setting up this meeting. It, was, it wasn't that, he said, I'm going to come see you guys. I know you can't come see me, so I'm going to come see you. I'm going to come over to your place. They weren't asking for a meeting with God. God was asking for a meeting with them. They weren't saying, God, we want to see you. He was saying, hey, I want to see you. Hear the heart of God. God wants to see you more than you want to see him. He wants to be with you. This word meet in the Hebrew means to gather together in the same place or to encounter. Encounter. So as I read that, I realized that God's desire has always been to encounter us not just us do things for him. We've limited our relationship with God when we minimize it down to the level that we're just satisfied to do things for him. He wants to encounter us. He wants to come hang out with you. He wants to see what you're doing with the kids. He wants to see what you're doing around the house. He wants to encounter you at work and, and see what you got going there with your employees and with your staff and with your bosses. He's, I just want to come be with you at school and wherever you are. I want to encounter you. So what was the impact of this encounter with God on the people, the presence of God on the people? Look back, look back at verse 16. So the third day there was thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud, and the sound of the trumpet was loud so that all the people were in the camp. They did what? They, they trembled. That word trembled means to shake, to shudder, to be afraid or terrified. So when the presence of God came, they all freaked out. They were afraid. They were terrified. Is that a good response to the presence of God? Psalms chapter 2 verse 11 says this, Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Now Chad, you're always saying, don't be afraid, don't have fear. But I'm going to propose to you today that we need to have the right kind of fear. There is a right kind of fear and a wrong kind of fear. And I'll explain that to you. When the Bible says here to serve the Lord with fear, that's not to be terrified of him, but to reverence him. 
Psalm 111 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments, his praise endures forever. This word fear means in the Hebrew, ready? To fear. <laughs> means to be afraid. Also means reverence. So here's what he's saying. The fear of the Lord... The reverence of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The beginning. In other words, if I don't fear God, if I don't honor God as Lord of my life, I can't even begin to enter the concept of wisdom. There is no true wisdom outside of the fear of God. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. You're like, well, I just want some more wisdom. Because a lot of times people do this. Am I going to believe God or am I going to use wisdom? Like those are two diametrically opposed issues. They are not. Trusting and believing God and doing what God says is the ultimate wisdom. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. So now, did the people have the right kind of fear? Let's go to Exodus chapter 20. Flip over the page a little bit. Look at verse 18. This is... says, now all the people witnessed, so they, they saw, they scoped out the, the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. <laughs> That's pretty dramatic. This is God showing up. How many of you enter, enter, enter a room like that with some thunderings and lightning flashes and the sound of the trumpet? You might have a good intro song that you come into. But I don't know if you got any thunderings, lightnings, flashes. I've seen some wrestlers come into some pretty good stuff. But nobody like that. Ultimate Warrior used to come in with some good smoke. But nothing on this. Sorry, I am way off track. I don't know what I'm thinking about. Ultimate Warrior. And when the people saw it, what happened when they saw the presence of God? They trembled. Again, shook with fear or fright. And stood afar off. Then they said to Moses, remember, this is God showing up, the one who wants to speak with them, wants to encounter them. They said to Moses, you speak with us, and we will hear, but let not God speak with us, lest we die. Hear the voice of the people saying, Moses, you, you, you speak with us. We'll, we'll talk to you, but we don't want to hear from God. We're afraid we're going to die. When I was reading this and studying this this week, I felt like God showed me the beginning of the modern church. To begin to be satisfied with the concept of a preacher, you go and hear from God for us, tell us what he says, and then we'll do it. We're afraid we'll die if we hear from God. But look what Moses said in verse 20. And Moses said to the people, do not fear. For God has come to test you and that his fear may be before you so that you may not sin. Now, Chet, I'm confused. You say, do not fear. Then you say, I'm supposed to be, have fear. Which is it? 
Is it fear or not to fear? That is the question. The answer is yes to both. Notice what it says. And Moses said to the people, do not fear. But then God has come that you might have his fear. His fear may be before you. The words fear in both of those sentences, is, is, it's in one sentence rather, in verse 19 or 20, it's the same word for fear. So it's not a different word that has a different meaning. It's the exact same word. The difference is in the application. Here's the application I want to share with you. Fear, his fear versus our fears. Our fears cause us to withdraw. His fear on us causes us to draw near. Our fears cause me to step back because I'm afraid. I'm not sure about this encounter and this interaction. I'm not sure what it's going to do. But when his fear, my reverence of him, my trust of him, it causes me to draw near. When I don't trust God with an encounter, I will draw back to protect myself. But when I trust him, then I will draw near even if I don't know how this interaction is going to turn out. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead, I want to read this. And so, look at verse 21. Reminds me of this. I'm, I don't want to forget to throw this in. You remember in Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve had, had sinned and eaten the fruit? What happened? After they ate it, I'll read it to you. If you can turn there and look at it. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So, God said, so he said, I heard your voice. Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. I was afraid. That word afraid is the same word for fear used right here when it says fear, the, his fear being on your life. So Adam had the right word, but he had the wrong application. In other words, he made it about himself instead of about God. This is God reminding us that when we fail, when we fall, when we mess up, we don't draw back from God, we run to God. When you make your worst, here's, here's what happens, and maybe it's not the same for you, but this is how it works for me. The enemy wants to tempt me to do something that's not what God wants me to do. So he keeps enticing, 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 keep laying it out there, do this, say it, go ahead, just say it, let it go, come on, say it, do it, whatever. whatever. And then as soon as you do it, bam, then he starts beating you over the head with it. How dare you? How could you? You're a worthless Christian. You don't deserve to serve God. How could you? Right? Isn't that how it works? So then what happens? When we get in sin and we focus on our sin, we begin to draw back and we hide ourselves thinking, I don't deserve to come to church today because I haven't been good. How many people don't engage in worship because they don't think they're deserving? I just, I can't go. I've been terrible. You don't know what I did last night. I failed. I failed miserably. So I need to go. What are you going to do? Stay out of church until you get good? That's not the gospel. It's not about us. It's about him. It's about Jesus. We're running away from the very thing that's going to help us. We think we're going to help ourselves. It's not going to make a difference. So God's saying, listen, have a fear of me and draw near. Draw near and don't run away. Look, now we can look at verse 21. It says, so the people stood afar off, but Moses drew near 
the thick darkness where God was. Here's what God's speaking to me about the church. He's asking us if we're willing to pursue something different. If you experience the presence of God, what's happened too many times in the church is they created a model around something that was comfortable for them, not necessarily comfortable for God. Because when God shows up on the scene, it's not always going to fit our comfort zone. I found this over 15 years of pastoring this church and probably 23 years of preaching that uh, it's ease. There's a subtle thing that can take place because there's a, there's a genuine deal about worrying about people and, and being mindful of people and wanting people to enjoy and experience God and enjoy church and come and, and be here. So you want to create something that people want to come to and be good for them and want them to like it and all that. And that's not, there's nothing wrong to that to a certain degree. But if you're not careful for a while, you start focusing so much on making sure all of them come that you forget to worry about if he comes. You can create an atmosphere that's comfortable for people but uncomfortable for God. I'd rather have a place that's uncomfortable a little bit for people, but it's comfortable for God. He's like, oh, this is my kind of flow. This is where I want to be. I want to hang out. Because when God shows up, even if it comes, because sometimes when he comes in thundering and lightning and smoke, it's easy to go, whoa, <laughs> that's a little extra. I don't think, because you just imagine if you're those people there at the mountain, seeing all this thunder and lightnings and smoke and all the fire. You say, well, I just don't think we need all that for God to show up. I don't think you need to come with that much smoke. That's a little excessive. I can understand a little thundering, but boom, boom, boom. I mean, come on, give a guy a rest. I mean, lightning flashing everywhere, that's a little too much. How many times have we done that in church? I said, I'm okay with a little bit. But once it gets past my comfort zone, am I talking to anybody but me? I'm just, I know it's a little bit of, uh, 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 but this is what God was saying. This was, this was the first church. And when the presence of God came, some of them said, that's too much. Too much, too much, too much. So, so now jump over to Deuteronomy chapter 4. I got to get somewhere in a hurry. Deuteron I said 4, 5. You should have known that. Come on, get in the spirit. Deuteronomy chapter 5. <laughs> you, got, you got sermon notes. Come on. I can't read my own numbers. Deuteronomy chapter 5. Exodus numbers. Yeah, what is that? There it is. Fifth book of the Pentateuch. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 4. This is Moses telling the people, The Lord talked with you face to face on the mountain from the midst of the fire. I stood between the Lord and you at the time to declare to you the word of the Lord, for you are afraid because of the, afraid because of the fire. Afraid because of the fire. Do you know fire can be something incredible and damaging all at the same time? We will build a fire in our house to make us warm, and that same fire could build, burn down our house. Fire in the right spot and our proximity to the fire in the right location 
creates a benefit. If I'm close to fire, it brings me warmth. If I touch fire, it burns me. The fire of God on our life, when we apply it correctly, removes impurities and junk, fears and sin off of our life and it leaves purified the things that are of God. But you got to be careful because that fire might burn something you don't want to get rid of yet. I've been through a family where we've had a fire and I've been through a family. I've been, I've been in a family that had a fire. I'm not sure how you want to say that. In other words, we had a house burned down. <laughs> and lo- I, lost, I lost some things that I really hated to lose. But when the fire of God comes, there's some things that you're going to have to let go of because he promised you what's left over is going to be better. The fire of God. How come he always shows up in fire? How come in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit came, it says flames of fire set upon each one of them. He comes to burn. Our God is a consuming fire. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Verse 23, jump there. Deuteronomy 5, 23. So it was, here's what Moses says, when you heard the voice from the midst of the darkness while the mountain was burning with fire that you came near to me, all the heads of your tribes and your elders, and you said, Surely the Lord our God has shown us his glory and his greatness. Doesn't this sound awesome? And we have heard his voice from the midst of the fire. And we've seen this day that God speaks with man, yet he still lives. Woohoo! This sounds like a celebration. I mean, we saw God's glory and his greatness, we heard his voice. We have seen this day that God speaks with man and he still lives. Drop the mic. This should be a celebrating day. Throw a party. Then you got verse 25. Now, therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any more, then we shall die. Look at this verse 26. This is how crazy we are as humans. Verse 26. For who is there of all flesh who has heard the voice of the living God speaking from the midst of the fire as we have and lived? Hello, you are. Verse 24, we have heard his voice from the midst of the fire. We have seen this day that God speaks with man, yet he still lives. Who among all flesh has heard the voice of the living God speaking from the midst of the fire and lived? You have. They encountered and experienced something of God they never experienced before. And then they turned around and said, the thing that we've never experienced before will actually destroy us. What was happening? It's the challenge of pursuing a dynamic in your relationship with God that's unfamiliar to you, uncomfortable to you. You will have that choice where you will want to go back to what's comfortable and familiar, even if it's not what God wants for you. The new way may consume you. Yes, that's the point. It's going to consume the parts of us that's holding us back. But we want to hold on to our familiar blankies. Say, don't take this away. I'm so comfortable here. And bring it over here. I'm afraid it's going to get burned up. Yes, it is. And God's going to give you something better in exchange. But they chose the blankie. Look what they said in verse 27. This is so powerful. This is, this is the church too many times. You go near and hear all that the Lord our God may say and tell us all that the Lord our God says to you and we will hear and do it. 
you go near. You go near Moses. We saw this fire and the glory and the greatness of God and we heard his voice in the midst of the fire and here's what we've decided. We'd like to establish a church. Moses is the first pastor. We'd like to establish a church where you go near to God, go up to your little mountain, hear from God, get whatever he says, you bring it down to us, you tell us, by golly, we'll do it. Does this sound familiar? God is saying to us, he wants more than that for you. He wants more than that for me. Too many people have gotten used to being the one that goes up to the mountain and getting the word. And pretty soon it doesn't become about the mountain. It becomes about the messenger on the platform. Things get twisted. And I want to tell you flat out, you need to hear from God. So what I want in the time we have remaining is to tell you my heart for where we're going as a church. I, I want, this is something that our leaders, our pastors, we're praying in, we are in unity for this. We want the fire of God. We want the presence of God. No matter what it costs as far as crowd or people, I want the one and then let him take care of how many people come to watch us burn. I'm, I'm not doing it for, uh, it, it comes at a risk. I realize there's risk of comfort and discomfort and all that. But I'm just saying, when we say we want the fire of God and the presence of God, we want him to show up. I don't want you to be satisfied in your personal walk with God to say, man, that Chad, he can give me a good sermon. I'm going to do the best I can to hear from God for you and relay to you what he's saying to me. I promise you I'm going to do that every chance I get. But I want you to go further and I want you to have your own encounter with him. I want you to meet with him tomorrow morning. I want you to meet with him every day and find out what he's saying to you that he may not be saying to me because I'm not living your life. I'm not in your situation. And he may have a word for you that's not going to come from me. And we're used to this. We just come on Sundays, get a word. Then we turn and we go to do. I come to hear and I go to do. I come to hear and I go to do. And we need an encounter. We need an encounter that's more than just hearing and doing. It's something that burns in our hearts. It's something that burns up blankies in our life and security blankets that, Lord, I want it all. I want more. I want more than just religion. I want more than just a church service. I love the church. I want the church. But I'm just saying God is wanting to encounter us in a personal way. This started to happen just a couple weeks ago in a staff meeting. We were just meeting. Something happened, and God walked in the room. And I don't know that sounds cliche. I can't describe it. We tried to explain it to each other, tried to explain it to people that weren't in the room. But all I know is all of a sudden, something changed in the room. And here's how I knew it was him in confirmation was the reaction that immediate people fell on the floor and began to weep and repent. The fear of God came in the room. That it wasn't like, wow, this is cool. It was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 
Forgive us, Lord. We repent. We repent before you, Lord. We want you. We want your glory. We want your greatness, Lord. We want your presence. And I'm telling you, God is stirring that in my heart. And it is coming. It is already stirring in this place. And I'm telling you, it's coming in greater degree. And I want you to be ready because it's going to come in smoke and thunderings and lightnings and time. And some's going to look at it and go, hey. It's going to be easy for you to go, I'm going to stand afar off and watch. But God says, draw near. Draw near. Don't stand afar off. Don't push back and take comfort and familiarity and say, well, that's a little too much smoke. That's, that's a little too much. Smoke. If it's of the Lord, you just lean in and say, God, I don't understand. Because Moses, it said here in Exodus that Moses went into the darkness where God was. I want to be where God is. I don't want to say, God, come bless our service. I want to say, God... We want to give you a place where you can be you and do whatever you want to do. This is my heart. So I, I want us to just take a moment and pray, and I want us to invite the Holy Spirit to come. That's all I know to do. I, I didn't have a great ending. I said, Lord, I don't even know how to end it. I don't even know how to close it. So all I'm going to do is just say, Jesus, come. Will you open your heart? and encounter him, he wants to encounter you. Maybe you're not familiar, maybe you've just done church and, and sermons and songs and you've never known to go any past that, that's okay, I've been where you are. I've been that place where I'm, I wasn't familiar with that, I wasn't comfortable with that, it's okay. I'm just asking you to open your heart to trust Jesus. Don't trust people, but I believe there's more. And if you're searching for more in your life, allow the fire of God to come. I say, Holy Spirit, come in fire. Come in every television set. Come through every computer screen. Come there in Mount Carmel, Lord. Burn us with fire, Lord. The fear of God on what you want to do. I'm telling you, the answer to the world's problem is not a better argument. It is a better demonstration of the power and glory of Jesus. Can we humble ourselves and invite him to come as a church? Do you hunger for more? Do you want something more? I got to have more. I gotta have his presence. I gotta have Jesus. He's here. He's here. Where you at, Joe? Come. Joe had a dream that God had given him, and I believe it fits right in with where we are. Just begin to pray. Just open your heart to God and listen to what God's saying. You know. <clears throat> First off, I want to clarify, I, I don't dream normally. In the night I had this dream, I had a lot of things going on in my life and just wasn't for sure, was it for me? But when I woke up, I couldn't breathe. So I reached out to my dear friend Susie. I said, Susie, I need help. Because she's pretty good at interpreting dreams, but I want you to listen to this words that or the vision that I had that night. It started out on a lake with a huge body of water. There was people on a boat, but I didn't recognize anyone. 
Off in the distance, it looked like there was a refinery type of operation. And I was on a boat floating around with a bunch of concrete pillars. Then all of a sudden, it was like an explosion at the refinery. You could see the smoke and the flames. And then the concrete pillars started to explode in the water. I said, I've seen this before, and we have to get out of here. Who was, whoever was driving the boat threw the boat in reverse and started backing away from the exploding pillars. And I started, we started down this huge spillway. There was stuff getting swept away because of the amount of water. As the boat continued to back up, it was going down this very steep and long slide. As we sat in the boat, the waterfall was flowing so hard you couldn't inhale until about halfway down. And I could only do it by turning my head like a swimmer does. The boat made it to the bottom and it floated out into what a canal that looked like you would picture in Italy. There was houses, restaurants, and musics playing in the evening. One of the things that we interpreted out of this dream is, is that as the word that Pastor Chad gotten today, and as I said, I was sitting here this morning, I had no, I had totally forgotten about this dream. And God reminded me this morning, the exploding pillars. Life as we see it in the church, God is getting ready to change. He's breaking down the pillars that we have built. It was a normal church. The flood, the waterfall, is God's flowing of the Holy Spirit. And so when he, if you feel like you're starting to panic because you can't breathe, God says, it's the flow of the Holy Spirit that I am providing. Don't panic because where we're going as a church, where we're going as a body is a beautiful plan that he has for us. Can we just pray in agreement right here? My goal as one of the leaders here is to help you develop and grow in your own relationship and your ability to go to your own mountain and hear the voice of God. I'll do the best I can to help and disciple and grow you, but ultimately our goal is to point you to Jesus. Tune your ear to the mountain and hear the voice coming from the midst of the fire. Will you lay your body, your life on the altar and allow the fire to come? Say, God, consume my fears, my insecurities, all my blankies, all the familiarity that I'm holding on to that's holding me back, that I'm willing to just let free. 
set free, go and trust you, Lord. Take the leap of faith and say, God, I want you more than I want anything else. Either God is real, either Jesus is real, the Holy Spirit is real, or let's pack up and head home. This is either real, it's going to change the world, or it's just another club of people trying to gather together and do a little good deed here or there. There's a fire of God that wants to consume our life and shake up the world. It starts in our own life. It's not something that they will do, that we watch and stand afar off, but we draw near. We draw near and say, more, Jesus, I want more. I'm not satisfied just knowing about you and singing songs about you. But Lord, I want you to be in me, burning like a fire shut up in my bones, Lord. I want to see your beautiful face. I want to talk with you. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your affirmation. I want to hear your love and your joy and your peace. Hear the voice. Hear the voice. Some right now are afraid because of sin. It's caused you to draw back. Cause you to draw back and stand afar off and say, well, uh, when I get my life together, when I get my life straightened out, then I'll, then I'll press in. Then I'll, then I'll come to God. No, right now, right now you lean into God, right where you are. You come to him just as you are. Don't wait till you feel more spiritual, feel more deserving, more worthy. It's not about that. It's not about how much we deserve. It's about him coming to us. He wants to come to you. He wants to encounter you. Right now, just open your heart. We just say together, Jesus, bring the fire to the roads, church, God. We want to see your glory. We want to see your glory. May we not be like the children of Israel who saw the glory and the greatness of God, heard his voice out of the midst of the fire, and then turned away and said no. They said, we don't want that. We'll be satisfied with you, Moses, going and hearing from God, and you tell us, and we will do. We're satisfied in just doing. We don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't want to get outside of our, our zones where we're familiar with. We just want to do for him. We don't necessarily want to hear from him and have him encounter us. We don't want to experience him. We just want to do for him. And God is saying, my heart is to pour myself into you. It's the best thing that could ever happen to you. I want to give some words of knowledge. I feel like just as God's presence is here, if this is you, I want you to receive healing right now. Maybe, it's, again, if I don't even give a word of knowledge for it, right now in the presence of God, I want you to experience him. God's going to do some things just by him being here. Someone dealing with a torn ligament. Right now we just pray healing over that in the name of Jesus. Someone with a displaced right elbow. A displaced right elbow. Someone with a sharp pain right in the center of of your chest. God, just pray healing over that in Jesus' name. Someone named Amanda, your prayer has been heard and the answer is on its way. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. For Robert, the darkness is lifting and a new day is breaking in your life. A new day is breaking forth, Robert. Someone named Cynthia, just got the name Cynthia. You got it? Come on. Yeah. Come on, Anthony. 
just got this microphone. Do you have a hang on? This was his word. He now he's got got a specific word for someone named Cynthia and the word is the Holy Spirit has been wooing you and drawing you mm. to the Lord but you have been afraid to say yes because you don't know where it's going to take you yeah. and that has made you fearful of that surrender yeah. and the Lord is saying trust me Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.